Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Mystery Drones at Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant. That's right, Mystery Drones at Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant. I almost think we should just call these things Mystery UFOs because, as far as I know, there hasn't been a single one taken out of the sky. Now, people report they look like drones, they can hear their propellers or whatever, they hear the humming sound. I don't know, man. Until I see one of these things in the flesh where they've taken it out, or at least even get a good video of one, I'm not ready to call these things drones because it just seems like a drone would be so easy for the U.S. military to take down. And anything flying that close, unannounced, and without permission, that close to a nuclear power plant, man, somebody should either take it down or find out what's going on. I found this article from thedrive.com, and you can find the link at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. Get there by going to sub warning, going, get there by going to at warning, rather, sub UFO, at warning sub UFO. And while you're there, go ahead and uh, do a follow. Now, the article comes from thedrive.com, specifically the war zone, and the title says, The Night a Mysterious Drone Swarm Descended on Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant. This article is by Tyler Rugaway and Joseph Trevithick. Now, we get a lot of good stuff out of the out of the war zone and the drive. It begins, it says, While the news has been filled with claims that strange unidentified craft with unexplainable capabilities are appearing over highly sensitive U.S. installations and assets of late, a much less glamorous, more numerous, and arguably far more pressing threat has continued to metastasize in alarming ways. That posed by lower-end and even off-the-shelf drones. I'm just interject here. I think, as much as I respect these guys' writings, I think they're making a couple of assumptions that might be false assumptions. They're assuming these are off-the-shelf drones. That's been my uh, impression that when these things are flown, that the cell phone somehow tracks them. So these phones would have to be connected to some type of a cell device. And that being said, how in the world are they not being tracked? I don't think they're off the shelf. I really don't. That's my opinion. goes on and says, Less than a year ago, and just days after the stunning drone attacks on Saudi Arabia's most critical energy production infrastructure deep in the heart of that highly defended country, a bizarre and largely undisclosed incident involving a swarm of drones occurred on successive September evenings in 2019. The location, America's most powerful nuclear plant, the Palo Verde Nuclear Generation Station, situated roughly two dozen miles west of Phoenix and near Tunapah, Arizona. Once again, I would interject. I think they're mixing the metaphors a little bit here, kids. Or they just launch into this description of what happened in Saudi Arabia, which we know is pretty much some type of military drone attack. Could have been from Iran. I don't know. Whoever. A totally different situation than what happened at the power plant in Arizona. We don't have a single one of those drones captured. We don't even know they are drones. I personally believe they're some type of UFO. That's what I'm looking at. Or some type of deep state operation, but I'm leaning away from drones. So I think it's I think it's a false assumption to assume that these things are some type of a drone. And just to say that is fact when you when they don't know. It goes on, it says in a trove of documents and internal correspondences related to the event, officials from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, NRC, described the incident as a drone apalooza. I'm sure that seemed funny to them, but it's not funny. And that should give you an idea. Uh, to me, this just reeks of incompetence. And it really it annoys me, it angers me, and it concerns me that the people that are in charge of securing 
I believe it's I believe it's the United States' biggest nuclear power plant. The people in charge are making sure that that thing doesn't get attacked and poison half the country. Well, they're acting like idiots. They call this thing Dronapalooza. That's a little funny inside joke. Well, it's not a little funny inside joke. If something happens to that power plant, half the country is, you know, it is in danger of dying from 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 a Chernobyl times a hundred. That concerns me. That attitude concerns me greatly. It goes on and says, and said that it highlighted concerns about the potential for a future adversarial attack involving small unmanned aircraft and the need for defenses against them. Even so, the helplessness and even cavalier attitude toward the drone incident as it was unfolding by those that are tasked with securing one of America's largest and most sensitive nuclear facilities serves as an alarming and glaring example of how neglected and misunderstood the issue is, or possibly how apathetic and disgustingly lazy the people that we pay to protect us are. I mean, this is, this is awful. This is something that Trump should be tweeting about. This is something that matters, okay? And it's getting zero attention. And it's just awful. goes on and says, what, are you about, what you are about to read is an unprecedented look inside a type of event that is less isolated in nature than many would care to believe. A rapidly accelerating threat. Troubling incidents of protracted activity by swarms of drones, including a very series, a very series of very strange incidents in Colorado and neighboring states last year, that the mainstream media was quick to blow off without any real evidence to prompt such a dismissal, are occurring over and near some, and near some of America's most critical infrastructure. These events are occurring as lower-end and lower-performance unmanned aircraft systems have become weaponized to increasingly remarkable degrees in recent years. Even those built in sheds in the middle of war zones have been employed with not only deadly, but also a highly disruptive effects. As we mentioned a moment ago, drones have even inflicted major damage to one of the world's richest and most heavily defended countries, cash cow oil production. They have also been used in an attempt to assassinate a country's ruler. And yes, the potential for them to be used for similar purposes exists right here in the United States as well. Okay, it's fine, but I think it's worse than that. I think it's way worse than that. I think this this whole bit here where they're bringing this drone thing in, you, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when we find these mutilated cattle where the blood's completely gone, not even a drop left. The animal has been mutilated in a way that would be, that would not be possible for a human to mutilate them. It's not possible for a human. It is not possible. I repeat, it is not possible for a human to evacuate 10 gallons of blood from a 2,000-pound bull and then leave neither blood nor tracks. That is not possible for a human to do that. Okay? Let's just be adults here for one second and come to the conclusion that a human being is not capable of taking 10 gallons of blood out of a 2,000-pound bull and then leaving that bull there dead and mutilated without a single drop, and I mean not one drop, of blood touching the ground. Okay? Think about that. Not possible. It's just not in the it's just not even in the realm of possibility. But yet every time this happens, and it's happened many times, some hayseed sheriff comes out and says, Well I'll tell y'all what I think. I think it's those satanic cow killers. Yes. Yeah, the Satanists are on the loose again, out there running around sucking the blood out of cows. Well they probably are Satanists. But they're not a bunch of rednecks on four-wheel drive pickup trucks or four-wheel scooters doing this stuff, okay? It's definitely an evil force, but it's not 
It's not the, as I like to say, satanic cow tippers going around doing it. And neither is this from what I can see. Once again, we're to believe that there is a traveling band of rednecks with their radio-controlled drones that just for kicks want to invade the space of nuclear weapons facilities or nuclear power plants. And for some reason, our government, across all across all departments of this enormous government, has no interest in finding out what's going on. In the same way, they have no interest in finding missing people that disappear from national parks. Just ask David Politis. Now, something really insidious is at work here. Now, he goes on and he says, um, I argue all the time with my Air Force friends that the future of flight is vertical and it's unmanned, U.S. General Kenneth McKinsey, head of U.S. Central Command, said in an event hosted by a Middle East Institute last week. I'm not talking about large and unmanned platforms, which are the size of the conventional fighter jet that we can see and deal with as we would any other platform. I'm talking about the one that you can go out and buy at Costco right now in the United States for $1,000 for a quad rotorcraft or something like that, that they can be launched and flown, he continued, and with very simple modifications that can be made into something that can drop a weapon like a hand grenade or something else. How perfect. Then when they execute the next terrorist attack, they can blame it on Joe Blow, who bought the terror weapon from Walmart. Yes, of course. With all this in mind, it isn't a matter of if similar events will occur in the homeland. It's a matter of when and of what scope. As since now, all the warning signs are there, especially in terms of where mysterious swarms of drones are popping up without explanation. Well, just let me stop and ask the author one question. If we live in a country where the TSA can and probably most certainly does record all telephone conversations and podcasts, including this one, why on earth couldn't they track a few drones? I mean, really, give me a break. goes on and says, Two nights in late September, Douglas D. Johnson, a volunteer researcher affiliated with the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, was able to obtain large number of internal documents regarding the September drone incidents at Palo Verde from the NRC via the Freedom of Information Act and kindly shared them with the war zone. Well, they certainly weren't going to publish these without you asking for them. I'll give them credit for that. It is important to note that these documents primarily reflect the NRC's perspective rather than that of any other U.S. government agencies at the federal, state, or local levels. The Arizona Public Service Company, which operates the Palo Verde Generating Station, is also a private entity, not directly subject to the FOIA. Well, we know that the government certainly loves to hide data that way. So easy to make a for-profit UFO company where you can dump those docs, baby. Johnson did also submit a FOIA request for relevant documents to the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, Cybersecurity, Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. DHS said it found 32 pages of documents related to the incident from CISA, but declined to release them, citing related to law enforcement activities. Another 17 pages of relevant records are still undergoing a review by the Transportation Security Administration, TSA. Wow. So in order to get on the airplane, I either have to be molested by a TSA agent or go through a high radiation back scanner or whatever and have a picture taken of my naked old body. But these morons can't track a drone? Man, I think their priorities are a little bit screwed. That's just me. This particular story starts on September 29, 2019, shortly before 11 p.m. local time at the Palo Verde Nuclear Operating Generating Station. Daphne Rodriguez, an 
Acting Security Section Chief at the plant, called the duty officer at NRC's Headquarters Operations Center, HOC. Rodriguez reported that a number of drones flying over and around a restricted area near the nuclear power plant's Unit 3, which houses one of its three pressurized water reactors. Thomas Candizia, a Headquarters Emergency Response Officer, hero, I love that, at the Hawk, subsequently created an incident report in the NRC Security Information Database. The HOC's policy is to have one Headquarters Operations Officer WHO and a Headquarters Emergency Response Officer HERO, a WHO and HERO, wow, on duty 24 hours a day, every day, with no exceptions. The designated WHO for the shift has a primary (coughs) responsibility for receiving reports and determining appropriate actions. The HERO counterpart role provides procedural communications and administrative support, according to the 2018 NRC Office of Inspector General's report on the Headquarters staffing issues. The key portions of the SID entry that Kondozia created, which was then updated as time went on, and are as follows. Are you ready for the report? Officer noted several drones, five or six, flying over the site. The drones are circular. The three-unit site inside and outside the protected area. Or the drones are circling, rather, the three-unit site inside and outside the protected area. The drones have been flashing red and white. Red and white Rights, I think they mean lights, and are estimated to be 200 to 300 feet above the site. It was reported the drones had spotlights on while approaching the site that they turned off, and when they entered the security owner control area, drones were first noticed at 2050 Mountain Standard Time. So what's that give us about uh, 8.50, about 9 o'clock at night? Would have been dark. This is in the fall. And are still over the site as of 2147. Well, they were there for about an hour then, weren't they? Security posture was normal, which was changed to elevated when the drones were noticed. The licensee notified one of the NRC resident inspectors. I don't know, man. You know, when I read stuff like this, I get real worried for my country. We got a nuclear power plant. A big one. Not that far from Phoenix. A big, giant nuclear power plant with all kinds of radioactive waste and material sitting around there. And the guy that's the hero, or the who's, I don't know what, she sees these drones, he calls them drones. I, you know what, man? Do you, do, you, do you expect me to believe the eyewitness account of a guy that wouldn't even call law enforcement when a nuclear power plant's being threatened by overhead aerial vehicles? I mean, come on. I think these things are UFOs. I think the guy was just scared crapless. And he knew that calling law enforcement or anything else would have done no good. I think this is standard operating procedure. I think these things are coming to these nuclear power plants. Somehow they're drawing some kind of energy off the radioactive waste or whatever's around there. They do their thing and they leave. They just don't care if you notice them or not. Because you are like an ant in their sight. Goes on, it says, personnel at the HOC also then called the duty officer at the NRC's Intelligence Liaison Threat Assessment Branch, a division of the Office of Nuclear Security and Incident Response, ILTAB, it's ILTAB, but they've all got to have some cool acronyms. Mission is to provide strategic and tactical intelligence, warning and analysis of all threats to the U.S. commercial nuclear sector, and serve as NRC's liaison for coordination staff of the U.S. intelligence and law enforcement communities, according to a 2010 briefing. I don't know, man. 
I had an old fellow many years ago, uh, was a World War II guy. I said, what did you do? He said, I was in Army Intelligence. But he said, let me tell you something. That's an oxymoron. And, you know, I think anything that has to do with the government followed by the word intelligence is an oxymoron. That wasn't the end of it, though, for Palo Verde. The very last night, Isabel Garcia, security supervisor at the plant, called ILTAB to report another drone incursion over sensitive areas. This new information was originally added as an update to the previous incident, but hero on duty, Donald Norwood, eventually set up a new separate SID entry, which again received additional updates as the situation progressed. The key, de- the key details begin as followed. Four drones were observed flying behind 2051 Mountain Time, September 30th, 2019, and continued through the time of this report, 2113. As occurred last night, the drones are flying in, through and around the owner-controlled area the security-controlled area, and the protected area. Also, as last night, the drones are described as large, with red and white flashing lights. Spotlights have not been noted tonight. (laughs) You know, if you were Billy Bob the drone herder, and for kicks, you were going to go out there and uh, buzz the, the nuclear power plant at Palo Verde. Or if you were Igor the Russian spy, maybe. Or maybe you were... Hang Ling, the Chinese spy, and you were on a mission with your drone herd to see just exactly what was going on on there at Palo Verde, and you were scoping the joint out. Maybe you would be up to some mischief later. Perhaps you would even be Habib, the um, Hamashi terrorist from Afghanistan. I don't know. But wouldn't you think you would at least turn the lights off? At least, at least if you were up to no good. Would you at least turn the lights off of the freaking drones? I would. Knowing how um, petulant the federal government can be when you mess around with their nuclear assets. Wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm, at, the, I'm at my wit's end with this crap. It goes on and says, The licensee has not changed their security position, posture. Well, why would they? The licensee continues to monitor the drones. As of 3.55 EDT, no drones have been observed at the site since before 020 Mountain Standard Time. Law enforcement agencies surveyed the area and were unable to locate drones and on the ground or anyone controlling the drones. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. We have a U.S. military that has satellite imagery in real time. They send pictures from Mars. But you can't have a look around to see if who it is that's operating the quote-unquote drones. Well, you know, this drone story, I'm about done with it. Why don't they just insert swamp gas? There were four bubbles of swamp gas, gas hovering about the nuclear, the nuclear power plant. They had lights on them. And then the, the, the bubbles burst and they were gone. Palo Verde security officials had filed their own report on the second incident, which eventually made its way to NRC. It included the following narrative. On 9-30-19 at approximately 20-51 hours, that's about 10 minutes to 9 in the evening. It's in September, so it's going to be dark there, I imagine. It was reported by a security team leader and that unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, were approaching the plant from the east. Really? They're 300 feet away. Was he sure of that? Were they unmanned vehicles or were they those not-from-this-earth vehicles we've been hearing a lot about the last couple of weeks? The hours of darkness made it difficult to estimate the altitude which the UAVs were flying. Listen, it's 10 minutes of 9, okay? 
in Colorado. At nighttime, it's September, first day of fall. I'm thinking it's probably pretty dark there. If somebody knows how dark it is on September 9th, September 19th down there in Palo Verde, can you leave a comment on the Twitter story? Can you tell me, would you even be able to see anything? Because here in the Midwest, it's really dark at that time of night. First week of fall, 9 o'clock at night, it's past dark. Because you're looking at a 12-hour day by then. Sun up around 7, sun down around 7. So I would like to know just how much smoke is being blowed up our skirt. goes on and says, The UAVs appear to have been launching from behind the mountain range at the intersection of Southern Avenue and 361 Avenue, just east of the plant. Okay, so the sun's behind them. That seems like it would be really hard to see these things. Four UAVs were confirmed to have been spotted at one time flying northwest over Unit 1 and returning northeast over Unit 3. Maricopa County Sheriff's Office deputies were dispatched to the area of the mountain range with the security team leader in an apparent in an attempt to determine the location of the UAV operators, but were unsuccessful. No other UAVs were observed after approximately 2,300 hours. Okay, so what? 11 o'clock. Listen, why didn't they just bring a chopper over? It's Maricopa. It's Maricopa County. You know, they got millions of people there. Like what? 10, 12 million people. Bring a friggin' chopper in. Have a look at this thing. My goodness. I mean, are they actually trying to find it? You know, it doesn't sound like it. These UAVs are believed to have been the same UAVs that flew over the plant the night before in 929-19, approximately 20, 20 hours. Well, how in the world would you even have any idea? I mean, come on, man. They're just making this stuff up as they go along is what it seems like to me. All required notifications were made by IAW in accordance with blah, 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 integrated response plan, blah, blah, blah. No additional compensatory measures are required. Well, no. No, because someone just came in. Someone just brought a big dog into your front room. It lifted its leg up, and it urinated all over your couch. Do you see what happened there? You got a big couch. It's a nuclear power plant. Someone brought their dog in. It sniffed around for a bit. You don't even know this person. You have no idea who they are. And the dog lifted its leg up, and it peed all over your couch. But you're telling me that there's nothing to worry about. Then the dog walked outside of your house. I don't know how you live. But that's not how I try to live. Letting people just come in and urinate all over the furniture. Unbelievable. It says a futile distraction. Curiously, one of the ILTAB's top priorities seemed to be getting the staff at Palo Verde or anyone from the other NRC licensed facility to stop calling them in the middle of the night about reported drones. Well, yeah, because when you're a federal employee making about $125,000 to $150,000 a year plus benefits, I mean, who wants to be bothered with a drone report? I mean, or let me say, who wants to be bothered with a UFO report masquerading as a drone report? Maybe if they called in a swamp gas report, they would get a better reaction. I don't know. It says, uh... Our folks got calls last night at 2 a.m., which is correct per, per procedure. Laura Pearson, ILTAP's chief, wrote on an email on September 30th to Silas Kennedy, the chief of operations branch within the Division of Preparedness and Response of the NRC's Office at Nuclear Security. However, I am wondering if there is a way to cut down on the calls in the middle of the night for issues that ILTAP can't add value to, Pearson continued. 
The call last night about drones is just a good example. In the middle of the night, Iltab can't really do anything about it. Anyway, apart from say, okay, thanks, and handle it in the morning. Think about that. The people in charge of making sure uh, the Southwest's enormous nuclear power facility is kept safe are asking you not to bother them. They can't help you. And if you think for one second that the same, the same group of people are being honest with you about COVID, or being honest with you about UFO disclosure, then I'm sorry, but your mind's not working correctly. Okay? It says, before the second drone incursion had even occurred on September 30th, ILTAB was already working on revising its instructions when the HO staff should contact him. Pearson also asked Kennedy if there was a way to halt all calls about drones in and out of Palo Verde specifically. Because they just don't want to get off their A-double-S and do anything. Pathetic. And you wonder why I harp constantly about Trump not firing people. Get off your A-double-S and fire some people. Please place a note in the turnover log station. Until further notice, do not call ILTAB duty officers from 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. From, for drone flyovers at Palo Verde. Send an, il- send an email to ILTAB in the morning. Well, yeah, because even though they're working third shift, much like the jailers of Jeffrey Epstein, they'd rather not be bothered. It's a third shift job, dude. You don't actually work those jobs. You just go there and sleep. Don't you know that? Quit calling me. This is like something out of a Seinfeld episode where George has been put in charge. And he's doing things that don't involve taking phone calls about drones at 2 o'clock in the morning. So please, don't call. It says, For all other licensed facilities, continue to follow who procedure until changes are made. Kennedy subsequently instructed other staffs at the HOC. In other words, don't bother me. The same people that want to force forcefully put a vaccine in your body that very mil- very may well probably does contem- contain product from a stem cell line of aborted babies that can't wait to get that into your body are too busy to answer the phone when un- Manned vehicles, drones, slash UFOs, slash swamp gas, whatever, are pissing all over your couch. I'm sorry to have to use the language, but I've got to get your attention. It says, on secu- ongoing security events, basis for the drone calls since they were loitering in the OCA. The drones were loitering. That's awesome, man. I love your verbiage, honey. They're just hanging out, chilling. Why didn't she just say, the drones were chilling? <laughs> the drones were chilling. Uh, right over the Palo Verde nuclear power plant. Verbal telephone email threats. Well, maybe people were making threats because you weren't paying attention to them. I don't know. Bomb threats, threats to site employees, fence jumpers, security bearer, blah, 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 blah. So we have the whole list of things that you are asked not to call about. Imagine that. Yes, well, apparently the only thing that was taken off the list of phone calls were the drones. Everything else is still on there, it looks like. Other NRC officials appear to have been unsure as to how they could necessarily help 
in responding to the incidents in general. Palo Verde site security has, was unable to observe any identifying marking on the UAVs themselves or locate the operators. You mean the Chinese forgot to put the big red star inside of it? The uh, Russians didn't put a sickle on it? Billy Bob didn't put his initials on it? BB? That's odd. Very strange. It goes on and says... So I do not know how much an additional investigation can be undertaken, intelligence specialist. <laughs> Remember what I said about oxymoron? Intelligence specialist at the response coordination branch for NRC's Region 4, whose name was redacted, wrote in a separate email. I wonder how much the guy that told you that he can't help you gets paid in a year. I wonder how good his insurance is. I wonder if he had to forego his skin cancer checks like a lot of old folks did the last three and a half months. Or if maybe they had a special doctor's office that he could visit. Because that's how it was in the old Soviet Union. I've talked to people from there. They explained to me how if you're a policeman or a party member, it's special stores to go to. Stores that actually had stuff, as opposed to the normal stores. They were also in process of deploying unspecified drone detection systems acquired from a company identified in one email as Area Armor. Now, they're deploying drone detection systems. You know, don't we have this thing called the U.S. Army? Could they have helped? The U.S. Air Force, perhaps? Homeland Security? Homeland Security, TSA, they've got all kinds of special equipment to take pictures of my raggedy old behind if I want to get on an airplane, but they don't seem to have anything to detect the, well, let's just call them UFOs, that keep flying over Palo Verde goes on and says, the company's website also says, uh, says, on countless deployments, we've worked hand-in-hand with local law enforcement, FAA, FBI, DHS, and private security professionals throughout the U.S. The technology apparently has a 13-mile radius and can determine the specific point from which the UAVs were launched so that the LLEA site security can locate the operators. A Region 4 Response Coordination Branch Intelligence Specialist with their name redacted. Possibly the same individual referenced earlier wrote in an email. I confirmed with the licensee that they have coordinated the use of this counter-drone technology with FAA. And they informed me that this technology only locates the UFOs, UAVs. It does not interfere with the flight pattern of those UAVs in any way. So listen... We've had, we've had contacts with the aliens. We've, they've given us some not-of-this-world vehicles. You know, we signed that paperwork back in the 50s where they could do a little bit of abduction, but they're supposed to be bringing people. Yeah, I know they aren't bringing the, all the abductees back. They're taking a lot of them. They're taking a lot of kids. I know, I know, I know. But they've got some really cool weapons, and they've assured us that they just want to go around and make sure everything's okay at the Pelley plant. They're not there to hurt anything. So don't shoot down the alien UFOs. They're there to help. That's the kind, that's kind of the that's kind of the narrative that I'm reading between the lines here. It's like, oh, the drone, the UFOs. Oh, I mean the drones. They've in, they've infected our airspace. Uh, it's kind of dangerous. Should we just go ahead and knock one down just in case? See what it is. No, no, don't touch it. If you touch that drone, you're going to federal prison. You'll be right next to Julia Assange. Stay away. This is so crazy. Aerial Armor supplies drone detection systems from various manufacturers, including smaller radars and ones that work by spotting and tracking the unmanned aircraft's aerial signal emissions. 
Some of them also include fully motion electro-optical and infrared video cameras that can be slewed to visually monitor targets of interest after the other sensors spot them. So yeah, we could, we could film those drones if you want to, but they like to be left alone. It's not entirely clear what drove the decision at the time by the Palo Verde staff to set up a system to detect rather than knock down the drones. Uh, let me see. They were told not to? That would be my guess. It's possible that the detection systems were only ones readily available or that this was established protocol for security at the plant at the time. I suppose it would have been impossible to bring the sheriff's department in and ask them just to take a couple shots at them. Maybe. I don't know. Regardless, this underscored serious questions about the plant operators could actually do legally in response to the intrusions. At this time, the pilots are not violating any laws or regulations by flying over the plant. Joseph Riviera, a now retired senior level advisor on the security for NRC, wrote an email October 2nd. Well, if they aren't violating a law by flying a drone directly over a nuclear power plant, they should be. Okay? If it's not against the law for someone to bring their 200-pound dog into my house that I don't know and let their dog urinate all over my couch without my permission, then there should be a law against that. I'm just saying. It goes on and says, since drones are aircraft and they're not violating the law, what is the action that can be taken legally if they locate the operator? Yes, just like the, just, just like the dead cows. You know, if they're not violating any law by taking the 10 gallons of blood... We really can't go after them. This is ridiculous. It's unclear if, if whoever was flying the drones was still violating FAA regulations, which ban aircraft from flying lower than 400 feet over designated national security sensitive facilities, which includes nuclear power plants, even if they weren't technically breaking any laws. Well, listen, dude. <laughs> If you get a ticket, you may consider yourself technically breaking the speed limit. But the police officer is not obliged to find the gray zone. When it comes to the law, it's black and white. Now, the gray may be put there to let you off the hook, and that's awesome. But when we're talking about UFOs, drones, whatever, flying over enormous nuclear power plants, we don't need a gray zone. We need a black zone, and a white zone. And this looks a lot like the black zone to me. This is what we do know, is that by October 3rd, with assistance from the FBI and the Department of Energy, officials of Palo Verde had begun the process of rectifying that situation and getting the airspace over the plant designated as restricted through the FAA. Well, I'm sure that will take care of all your problems. DOE. Wait a minute, I just want to make one comment. So you're telling me that at one point... It was perfectly legal to fly a drone 200 feet above the ground or 400, whatever, over a nuclear power plant. But at the same time, if I wanted to get onto an airplane, I either had to be molested by a TSA agent or have a radioactive image taken of me that revealed every detail of my body from the bones to the skin. You're worried about the average American getting on an airplane, but you don't care about a drone flying over a nuclear weapons power plant. When top generals have just told you, you should look out for this, somebody could cause a big explosion. This is the ridiculous, the ridiculousness, the criminality of the neglect that's going on in our country. A year of this crap that we dealt with of the impeachment of Trump 
And I don't even know why, because he's not even doing that much. But yet, our nuclear power plants have to get spatial laws written so that a potential terrorist can't fly a drone over them. Something is not right. If that's the level of competence that's running your country and running your life, you have to know that we are in big trouble. It goes on and says, I'm going to finish this up. Whatever the exact story of what happened at Palo Verde might be, the internal emails from NRC make clear this was not an isolated incident. We also had several high-speed drones over Limerick Generating Station in Pennsylvania that caused a VP to call about eight months ago, Brian Holman, director of NRC's Office Security Incident Response wrote at one point. The vice president of the power plant called you. Did you get the same treatment as the other people? When she said, call back in the morning, send us an email. Don't wake us up. This is the third shift. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. This is third shift. Okay? Get that through your head. Third shift. Do not call us. But apparently they did call from Pennsylvania. It says... It says, yes, I agree that both those overflight incidents at Palo Verde meet several criteria that we have historically used to triaging UAV overflights as particularly worthy of follow-up. Lengthy of overflight maneuvers. Another individual whose name is redacted, of course, added in the email chain. Another response from another redacted individual is censored almost entirely. Just my two cents worth of observation. I'm off to a tabletop exercise. The email concludes with, How pathetic. How pathetic. It looks like they're sleeping, playing video games. And we know all about the porn that was looked at when they audited those computers. I mean, give me a break. And these idiots are sucking our treasury dry. Unbelievable. If you think... They're protecting us. Nothing but the hand of God has kept this place from going up, as far as I can see. Because the people that they've hired to provide security are almost all incompetent or catastrophically lazy. And you wonder why we had two space shuttles blow up. I wouldn't get on one of those things if you paid me a million dollars. It goes on and says... It's also clear that NRC hasn't been the only government entity grappling with these issues. In other email notes, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, part of the Department of Energy, had recently added a suspicious activity reporting requirement with regards to incidents at sites under its jurisdiction, but it was also unclear as to how to approach drone incursions necessarily. We'll treat it like swamp gas. That's what I would do. Just ignore it. Pretend like it's not there. I just met with Shannon Helton, Director of the Physical and Cybersecurity Policy Division of the Office of Nuclear Security and Incident Response, and Jeremy Bowman, Deputy Director of the Office of Nuclear Regulatory Research, for a detailed discussion about drones. FERC and where we are with reporting them, says Jeffrey Miller, Department Director of the Reactor Safety Division at NRC's Region 4 Office, wrote, I look forward to that discussion. An individual whose name is redacted, responded, I would love to have a better understanding of where we are going as an agency on the topic of drones. Yeah. This week has been Drone-a-Palooza for sure, the Officer of Nuclear Security and Incident Response Deputy Director Lombard had written in an email October 4th. It's very cute. I appreciate your humor in the face of what could be an off-planet or terroristic threat to a giant nuclear reactor site. I appreciate the levity 
that'll work great when people are, are um, treating the radiation burns and the uh, radiation sickness. They'll appreciate that. Awesome. Quote, with two drone swarm flyovers at PVNGS, that's Palo Verde Nuclear Generating Station, early in the week, getting a lot of attention in the agency and outside, folks who work in the EEOB, Electrical Engineering Operation Reactors Division of the Office of Nuclear Reactor Regulation, we learned a lot and briefed a lot in our UAVA drone commission paper should go up to them next week. Yep, we talked about it, talked about it quite a bit. Awful lot, actually, and then we, we, we wrote a paper up explaining why we cannot do anything and why third shift needs to be left alone. And uh, we'll get that right over to you. Listen, I spent a couple of years working uh, in the education department of the state where I live, adult education. And I can tell you that work ethic is a joke. Where a normal person works hard for 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day, I would put these guys in at work. At, we were the bottom feeders, and we were putting in six hours. There's so much waste and so much laziness. You cannot even imagine how much of your state dollars are being wasted. It's a crime. goes on and says, he says, I would point, I would point out that restricted airspace will do nothing to stop an adversarial attack and even the detection system identified earlier in this email chain have limited success rates, and there is even lower likelihood that law enforcement will arrive quickly enough to actually engage with the pilots, he wrote. We should be focusing our attention on getting federal regulations and laws changed to allow sites to be defended and to identify engineering fixes that would mitigate an adversarial attack before there are licensed facilities become available. Wow. The Drunapalooza over America's most powerful nuclear power plant represents an intriguing and puzzling mystery. Who had the capability to put at least around a half a dozen drones up over the plant for hours on two consecutive nights, and why? The fact that drone incursions aren't totally new, there are, there are at other major nuclear facilities especially concerned, but above all, these internal documents show just how naive those tasked with dealing with these threats are to be to the potential nefarious capabilities of readily available unmanned aircraft. I'd like to thank the authors for putting that in there and so kindly referring to the said employees as naive as opposed to incompetent or complicit. Now, could they be that naive? I don't know. They had to go to college for four years to get the job. They had to pass some kind of a test. They had to be socially connected enough to get a job as a federal employee, and you have to be young enough, because after a certain uh, age, they're not going to hire you. They're allowed to do age discrimination as a federal agency, believe me. So they got the job, so they can't be Forrest Gump, right? I mean, even a child can see these things flying over a nuclear power plant with all this nuclear waste stored. It's got to be a bad idea. But they don't seem to care. They make a joke about it. <laughs> now, could they be that stupid? I don't think so. I mean... I just don't. They ask to be left alone so they can fritter away their night at the desk or wherever they're at doing whatever they do on third shift. They're smart enough to not let people cut into their me time. Could they be complicit? Yeah, I think so. Could they have gotten a call or a visit from a couple guys in black suits who very, very quietly reminded them of where they live at or the middle names of their kids? Or the last time they did something they shouldn't have done 
that would take them out of their job is that government employee in about two minutes. I don't know. Maybe they had a beer and drove home. Something's going on, though. For that many people to just not care. Maybe that is the case. Maybe, maybe there just aren't anybody, any people in all those departments that care about our country enough. About their fellow citizens enough. That when the nuclear power plant next door is has its comp, has its security compromised, they don't care. They care when you go through the airport. If you don't let the TSA molest you or have your naked picture taken, they'll put you in jail. They care about that. They'll get real forceful with that. <laughs> they'll have some fun with it. May have some fun with your pictures later on if you're cute enough. That's been documented, by the way. But a nuclear power plant, and I love the way everybody just says it was a drone, Mom. But you know what, Mom? I don't think it was a drone. I think it was something a lot worse than that. And I think maybe Marco Rubio knew that when he said, in a way, it would be easier if it was theirs, referring to China and Russia, in a way. And you know what? He got that look in his eye when he said that. The same way that I think it was Nick Pope said when he said, maybe it's just too terrible to know. Like they've gotten a glimpse of it. And they're so damn scared of these things, they don't want any part of them. That's what I think. Now maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe the Chinese or the Russians are out there doing some kind of UN task force, just sharing the love. Maybe the military is doing what they alluded to say they were doing to begin with when it involved their their uh, missile bases. They're, oh, we're just doing some dry runs, kid. We're going to test out the security here at the at the site. Not saying that now. And just because somebody says it was a drone that they saw in the middle of the night, flashing lights, breaching airspace that they should never have been over, don't expect me to believe for one second that it was a drone. Until I find out different, I'll believe my lying eyes and my lying ears and just call it what it should be called all along. That is a UFO. Now until next time, this is UFO Warning saying over and out.